You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. On Max's Island today, I'm joined by musician Jay Wood. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the island. Hey, how are you going? Thanks for having me. Jay, all the guests of Max's Island have this great opportunity to tell a story of an event that may have happened in their life that changed everything for them. It might have been something that they had control over, where they made a decision to do something perhaps against the grain, something a little different. Or it may have been just something that happened to them that they had no control over and the world dictated what went on. Do you have a situation in your life where that may have occurred? I definitely, definitely do. (laughs) I had a situation when I was 24 years old, life decided to throw a few curveballs at me. (laughs) One in particular Uh, whereby I was hit by a drunk driver and was involved in an MVA or a motor vehicle accident uh, where I sustained very massive head injuries and died on the side of the road. Luckily for me, a nurse was on her way home from shift and she stopped and gave me CPR, revived me, and uh, I was packed off to hospital and... You know, luckily I managed to survive the accident, uh, albeit sustaining what's medically known as a catastrophic traumatic brain injury. So I was left uh, brain damaged in, in short layman's terms. Before that incident, had you ever been involved in road trauma or were familiar with people who had had suffered in in road accidents? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, I know, I mean, it's kind of, it is rather common, I suppose, every now and then, you know, you hear of someone who's had a prang or have had some kind of um, accident in, in terms of road trauma. However, I didn't have a clue what a brain injury was. I don't think it's something people talk about or know much about um so it was very much you know road accident aside understanding this disability that was 
a huge learning curve, I suppose. So after the accident, the rehabilitation mm. took some time, I would imagine, from such a mm. serious injury. At what point did you come to understand how impactful the event was going to be on your life? Uh, that's a great question because I didn't have a clue. You know, I was in what's called PTA or an awake coma for an extended period of time. And even after I was told, you know, you're in a hospital, this is what's happened, this is the condition you've been left in and da-da-da-da-da and it's called a brain injury and all of that and this is the rehab, my ability to have the self-awareness did not come in for, goodness, six months to a year. So it was a very long and slow process to actually come to terms with and understand, okay, this is how this has impacted me and my life. And now with it being eight years down the track, you know, the doctor said it would be anywhere between five and 10 years for my brain to stabilize, which means no new symptoms. And you know, I'm eight years down the track, there are still things that are coming up. So we're not quite there yet, I don't think. But I now have the awareness of the injury after the extensive rehab that I've been in. And also just, I say that, but also it's hard to acknowledge when you're in it, if that makes sense. So if a symptom is coming up, I'll be sitting there and I'm going, well, why is this happening? I don't understand. And then I have to remind myself, oh, okay, Jay, it's it's your brain injury. It's your brain doing this. And it's a, it's a difficult thing to accept about myself, I suppose, because obviously I had lived to 24 years of age and you know, nobody knows you as much as you know you. And so when this happened and I got the bop on the head, it was like a complete wiping of my slate clean. And all of a sudden I was left in this body, still me, but I was not me, if that makes any sense at all. It was like a new version of myself had come along and I had to not only get to know her, but I had to learn to love her as well because she wasn't acting the way that she always did. She lost a lot of abilities that I had always had. So the way that I choose to describe it to people, which, you know, if anyone's ever lost someone they love or care about when someone's passed away or died, it's exactly like that, except for I lost me. I lived through my own death. And it's the death of the version of me that had existed prior for my whole life. To try to get it into context, did you suffer any broken bones during the accident? I did, yep. I broke my jaw in three places, which <laughs> is not a very fun thing to break. And obviously being in hospital for an extensive period of time, they were so focused on my brain and, you know, making sure that the bleeding on my brain had stopped. 
that they didn't even realise that I had broken my jaw. And it wasn't until my mum had said, every time she tries to eat, she's crying, something's not quite right, that they then found that my jaw was broken in three places, which the time that it took for it to heal, it made my jaw set in a different place. So that changed my bite, which created a whole bunch of different problems. I had to get all my teeth filed down, which I don't know. Many people don't like the dentist. I really don't like the dentist. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that procedure was not very fun. The reason I asked that question was because bones heal relatively quickly and, you know, you're now talking an eight-year experience with your uh, brain injury that it's still showing new symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I can totally understand how that is a challenging thing to deal with to this very day when things like your jaw, obviously, it's it's set poorly, but there was some remedial action that could be taken from the dentist and what have you, and you move on relatively quickly. But the brain injury is something that the period of time it's taken to continue to deal with it and continue yeah. to reconcile with it well it not only really challenging not only that the fact that they call it the invisible injury because you can't see my brain <laughs> you can only see my behaviors you can only see my actions and so with a brain injury and I suppose you can relate it to all kind of issues with the brain so you can relate it to mental health you can relate it to lots of different conditions that are with the brain they're not always seen immediately or at all really so the hardest part for myself and I can't speak for other people that have brain injury because the beauty of the brain is that it's so individual to every single different person so even if you had the same injury as me we could have polar opposite symptoms so I can only speak on you know my journey and my story and what happened with me but having it as an invisible injury is so difficult because you can operate normally quote unquote there's no such thing as normal (laughs) but you can function in the normal realms for 95% of the time but that 5% where you make a mistake or a symptom comes up so you uh, respond inappropriately to something or you don't get something correct, people are so much less likely to factor in your disability. And so that can make it a million times harder. So although, you know, I am so grateful and so blessed and lucky which it took me a long time to be able to say how lucky I am because there is nothing lucky about having a brain injury. But having the level of function that I have now through all of my very intense therapy, it's it's a hard thing to weigh up. And it comes back to that question I asked before about, you know, broken bones and recovery from those sorts of things. Mm. So the relationship you have with friends, family, again, who see you physically recovered Mm. but perhaps can't see the mental incidents that may be occurring and impact that that things may be having on you and it's and that 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 sense of normality is 
perceive from the outside, but as you rightfully pointed out, that that things aren't always normal and what is normal and it, it's just it. those things that you face. It's like I was saying that nobody can know you more than you know you. And so we're all our, our own biggest critic, aren't we? So, you know, if I, I, I have a real uh, issue with getting things wrong because I have my memory from pre-accident and I know that I, I could do it. And so now if I can't do something or my brain, I kind of, I separate myself from my brain now because that's one thing that's really important to recognise. And I think disability or not, it's important. We are not this. We're not our brains. We are this. We are our hearts. That is our soul. That is our essence. And something that I was told, which I'll never let go of because it's so true, is that my heart didn't get damaged. I am still me. I didn't lose me and my essence, even though it may seem that, you know, I act differently now or I come across differently. I am still me and, you know, that hasn't changed. And I think it's the same for everyone no matter what difficulty you may be finding or you have, your essence and your soul, that never goes away. The strength of that realisation, does that drive you now and does it drive the way you want to be perceived and and some of your creative outputs? Interesting question because I, <laughs> I sort of have a bit of a double-edged sword with perception because at the end of the day how somebody else chooses to perceive me is none of my business (laughs) I can just if I can live my life being true to myself and in my my own knowing which is I think to be a decent person to treat other people with respect and love love is the most important thing in the world I think so if I can operate from that place all the time then I don't really care what anybody else thinks of me because I know within myself that I'm operating on my moral compass were you clear on that before the accident oh no come on I was in my 20s (laughs) (laughs) no not at all and it's funny because it happened when I was quite young and I had to grow up very quickly sometimes when I'm feeling not so good I feel like my 20s were taken from me and all this time was taken from me when everyone else is out having fun and traveling and you know achieving things and meeting people and the loves of their life and this and that and you know there's me just at home being looked after by my parents because I didn't know how to cook I didn't know how to to function anymore it's I'm I'm sure I don't know if I'm there yet I'm sure at some point I'm going to understand why this happened the way that it did, why the cookie crumbled the way that it did. You know, I was in a car with five other people or four, sorry, four other people. Everybody else got out and walked away fine and I didn't. And I don't know why. I Maybe because I could survive it. Maybe if it was someone else they couldn't, I don't know. I like to think that we never get given anything that we can't deal with. Because if we couldn't, we wouldn't get given it. But that's part of my belief that I now have, which 
in your 20s, you're just out having fun. You're just exploring and doing all the the things. You don't really think about this stuff. So it definitely changed my life and me as a person. And not, although a lot of difficulty and a lot of struggles, I think that it helped me realise a lot of very important things which I now can take forward with me for the rest of my life and how lucky I am to say for the rest of my life because I still have that beautiful thing. (laughs) Jay, I introduced you as musician Jay Wood. Mm. So music is a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. The impact of the accident toward your music and what was your music like before? Were was it as important to, in your life? And you talked about learning to walk and talk and other physical skills back. What was the ability like for you to reconnect with music? Well, prior to the accident, music, like for me personally, music has always been a really big thing just in terms of you know, listening to music and singing in the shower and, you know, I've always had a real connection with music and, you know, when I was a teenager I started, I decided I wanted to learn so I started teaching myself and I began writing songs but it was never, ever, ever a career or I would, you know, you couldn't, there's no amount of money you could pay me to get me on a stage. (laughs) No way. I just like many teenagers and people, uh, you know, stage fright or worried about what people are going to think of them, etc. So it was never, ever something that I considered in that regard, but it always had a special place in my heart as just a hobby, you know, that I wrote stuff in my bedroom and, oh, that was fun, enjoy that, and then go about my day. Prior to the accident, I uh, was a journalist and then a school teacher. So I had my day job and all the other parts of my life, sport and things like that. So it was never really that big of a thing. It was just a fun hobby. And then post-accident, I remember I went to my room and this was quite soon after I got out of hospital and I thought, oh, I don't know, I'll just I'll go and play some music. And I picked up my guitar and just it was empty. There was nothing. It was just gone. The whole and intuition was gone, the whole Everything. I couldn't, I couldn't play. I couldn't remember any of my lyrics. I couldn't remember what to even do with a guitar. I didn't know where to put my fingers. I had no idea. And I remember that realisation. The accident took a lot from me. You know, my career as a school teacher was gone. My ex had, fiancé had gone I'd lost who I was as a person. There was all of these things that were gone. And when I picked up that guitar and that was gone, it was like the final straw. It was just absolutely undeniably earth shattering for me. And I was very upset and couldn't believe that I had lost this really big part of me and who I am. And my dad heard me howling in my room crying and was you know very upset and he sat with me and gave me a hug and everything and he said 
it's all right, darling. It's it's in there. And he tapped me on the side of my head and he goes, it's in there somewhere. We've just got to find it. And he taught me three chords, a G, an A and a C chord. And I just sort of took that and I went, no, I refuse. You're not, you've taken everything else. You're not having this. And I started to reteach myself how to play, which took about a year and a half, maybe two years. And, you know, to answer your question about music pre and post accident, I had all of my songs pre-collision, but I never wrote down, and this is the thing, anyone out there who writes music, (laughs) make sure you write down how it's supposed to be played, so your chords and the lyrics, not just one or the other. So all of my songs, I had a notebook that had just had lyrics and obviously pre-collision, my memory was on fire, you know. I could remember everything and how things went and just by knowing which song it was I was playing. So I fished out the book and found the lyrics but everything else, I couldn't remember the tunes, I couldn't remember, there was nothing written down. So... In essence, I ended up writing the songs twice. (laughs) So, which is funny because the first version of them then morphed along with my life experience to be what is now out in the world today. I'm trying to get a sense of the evolution of this. So, again, you Mm -hmm. said it took two years to up to two years to, to learn to feel comfortable again with the guitar and, and, and playing mm. it. Just like your brain injury where it's been eight years and there's always something or there has been something a little bit new and, and things are changing, mm-hmm. have you felt that trajectory of growth in your music? So, again, the two years of learning, I guess, the basics again and rewriting your lyrics and putting it into to music and expanding on those three chords. Did you get a sense of it at a point in time it was a whole creation that then you've been able to build on? I think the evolution of my music kind of, it changed not only because I had to relearn to play it all again, but what happened to me became a really big driving force and I think the music then turned into almost and you'll 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 have to excuse me if I get a little emotional talking about this it became like a lifeline for me in so many different ways because it was a huge part of me that was gone that was lost that I was getting back and for me I thought if I can get this and I can do this if I can do this again, then maybe I will get me back. And maybe if I make something of myself with this, then it won't be for nothing. And for me, that in conjunction with, you know, some other things that went down in my life, I lost a very, very dear friend of mine to suicide and her last words had a huge impact on me and 
I just went, that's it. I can't do nothing. I don't want to twiddle my thumbs for the next 60 years just because I've been labelled totally and permanently incapacitated. No, no, I am not. And I don't care what doctors tell me that. I'm not going to do nothing and I'm going to try and use this one thing that I've still got that I've worked hard to get back, I'm going to use that for some something good. And so I took this personal triumph, I guess, of I'm going to make something of myself. This is not going to stop me. Plus these words that my beautiful friend Carmen said to me, and I'm going to try and help show people and use my life as an example if I can help show people that no matter the dire circumstance you may find yourself in, you can choose. And when I say you can choose, I mean it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's how you choose to deal with it that is important. And that in itself is the whole kit and caboodle for me that's the whole point it's the everything that is my driving force for following this dream or this it's not even a dream it's following this path this reality that I am on to try and show people and help people who may feel stuck that they can overcome whatever it is Because if my life can be testament, because, you know, this really big, horrible, crazy thing happened that just shattered me and would shatter anyone. And I'm nothing special. I'm the same as you. I'm just a country kid from WA, you know. I just chose. I just, I just chose. I just love your honesty. And and the other thing that's come through talking to has been the consistency of the way you feel. You've talked about essence. You've talked about you and the love that is within the heart that is within. And then the way you said, this is it. This is what exists. And the simplicity of, of that is so, so powerful. So thanks for sharing that. I'm sure the listeners on Max's Island will value those insights around life in general, not only responding to a serious crisis, but also as some principles of living life and and interacting with our fellow humans. I just think life is about what we give. It is. Life is about service. And I could not, I, I could not swallow being told that I that's it for you you're now just disabled off you go you're you're not able to do anything anymore I couldn't swallow that and I knew that I needed to contribute somehow I just didn't know which way that was going to be and then until it became clear I don't have a drive um people oftentimes oh, you're going to be famous, you're going to be rich and all of the And I just couldn't get less about any of that. I just want to try and reach people 
to say I'm I'm here with you because we're all one. We're all, you know, I I struggle to articulate myself correctly, but I think you understand what I mean. Jay, you've brought us into a beautiful space. And I think we have all been able to engage with your story and, and your passion and your emotion. But can I just ask you one more question about what it looks like, what your music looks like now in terms of how you share it, how you perhaps see it growing into the future and what other inspirations are you getting from from your music? I think, you know, (laughs) I share my music however I can to whoever wants to hear it. I'm in no way, shape or form tied up in the business side of music and selling your music and merch and money this, money that I really, that does not, I got, I guess, factor into my thinking. So I'm, I, I got a, you know, a bunch of CDs printed and sold a few. Fantastic. That's great. I've got some fans that wanted to buy them. Otherwise, I'm out there just giving them to people, you know. I talk with people, I meet people, and if they are interested, I'm like, hey, here you go, have an EP. And, you know, in the EP there's a little package and it kind of explains a little about what we're talking about. I I wanted to make sure that I used the platform for the highest good that I could at that, you know, at the time. And so I kind of I'm just giving it away and I guess it's part of me. I just want to spread love and I want to spread optimism and hope and all the goodness that there is to spread. I I genuinely want to do that um, within my capabilities, um, limitations and all. So I guess into the future, I mean, there's been some pretty awesome opportunities come up already that have been very flattering and very shocking I suppose for me because I haven't maybe I didn't prepare myself enough to for things to go as well as what they have put it that way but I'm very grateful for that so I'm enjoying the ride and I have the ultimate faith and trust that I'm going to end up exactly where I'm supposed to be no matter where it is music or otherwise I hope that for me, it's a little difficult to write music now. The old multitasking is rather difficult, but I'm hoping that with my learning in life and my own personal growth, my songs will reflect that. I think if anything, my music is very authentic. I I I'm an open book, as I say, you know, I I don't have anything to hide, which I think helps me relate to people or for people to relate to me, which is what it's all about. It's about connection. So I just hope that I continue to be able to connect with people and, you know, I don't have any plans on changing my style of writing or anything. I'm not going to suddenly turn into, you know, heavy metal or (laughs) or hip-hop or anything like that, although I do fancy myself quite the rapper. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to follow 
follow the path wherever it leads me and hope that I can impact people in a positive way. Well, I'm so pleased that the path has brought you to Max's Island. Your, your philosophy, your attitude to life, an attitude to your music and and a sense of how that's going to continue to benefit other people, influence other people in a positive way. And just by doing that, you are going to be a better person for it is really an inspiring message and and one of of great genuineness and, and love. So thank you for passing on that wisdom to all of us who come to Max's Island. And just before we finish, can you, I'm happy for you to have a little plug to tell the listeners on Max's Island. I'm happy to put stuff in the show notes as well. And, and you know, you've, you've said things will be what will be, but this is another little opportunity where you can just, <laughs> just have a little plug of where people can find your music. Yeah, a bit of a plug. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you can find me on all streaming platforms, Jaywood Music. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jaywood Music Official on Instagram and Jaywood Music on Facebook. I am not Jaywood, the black guy from the UK, just an FYI. <laughs> <laughs> there is another Jaywood in the world who is a fantastic musician in his own right. <laughs> That's not me. But yeah, you can find me there or on my website, jwoodmusic.com, which is where you can find, uh, you know, my EP, uh, which is out and find out more about me. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> you have been very open with your story and your emotions to us today. So thank you so much. The story is just compelling. Wish you so much good fortune and, and good luck with your music and in life in general. So thanks for being on Max's Island. Thank you so much. I hope that you take care. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, all work and no play. And how, how it had turned out this way. Short-term escape, five weeks on the bibbling track Go it alone, no one to blame If he finished or fell by the way No one's an island, but sometimes it's good to pretend Go for a
every sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky. Completely alone, no emails or phone, and 